tired, weary, frustrated? What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solo Moms Talk, I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle of life. Hard to keep your head My guest today is Jasper Smith. Um, welcome, Jasper. Thank you for coming and talking to me and Solomon's Talk. I appreciate you having me. And just for all your listeners and viewers, my alias is Mr. Bill Wealth, so the hashtag is silence. I just wanted to share that before we start. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. And <laughs> since since you're there already, tell us who Jasper Smith is, Mr. Bill Wealth. Yes, I, I am a... A lifelong financial services professional. Some people call me a financial planner, advisor, consultant, coach. I do the insurance bit, the investments, retirement, the planning. And I've always had this fascination with trying to kind of figure out why some people do the work that's necessary to take care of their financial house while others don't. And having spent over 15 years now in the industry, some of the same, I would say, issue that I had with like how we promote those issues still exist. The reception that people get when connecting with somebody like myself, it still kind of is the same today. And I'm like, it's been 15 years. And so it, it kind of bothers me that I've got mm-hmm. a, a lot differently because I know there are people who want to do better, who've tried to do better, who've gotten some good advice, some bad advice. Some people just haven't gotten the memo at all. So I know when I reached out to you, it was around the, the parent cheat codes, which I, I know we'll talk about because I finally had a child. And so now all this theory that I was telling and sharing with parents, oh, it's lied. I mean, she's once in town with teeth and starting to crawl uh, at what my wife and I need to do. I just wasn't going to wait. And so... I'm excited just to be here to have this discussion. Hopefully, you know, your your viewers, your listeners get a nugget or two. And hopefully I, I can assist, you know, some of your audience with really, I like to say, setting up the babies for future success. Okay. I appreciate you talking to, you know, telling us about that. Uh, it gives me a good background. And uh, congratulations on the little girl. Thanks. I have two granddaughters, so... Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're in finance and, oh, you're, you're where I'm familiar with. Um, but I wanted you to tell me, uh, it sounded like you were dissatisfied with how we go about money and taking care of financial lives. Tell us about that. Now, give us a little more background. Yeah. So part of it is when I got out of college, I was immediately, my first job was with a financial services company. 
And I was just watching like who was in the office and they, the majority of our industry doesn't have my complexion or your complexion. And, and so you realize that there are certain communities that one are just sometimes never exposed to the information. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's, that's a problem that I'm going to try to undertake. And then I would start to talk to, you know, family members and friends and just our discussion was not the discussion I was having with coworkers. And I was like, hey, we live in the same country. We live in the same city. The things are different depending on literally where you were born, like down to the zip yeah. code. It is an indication of where you may be at this point in your life. And so I was just, it was this natural curiosity of seeing, okay, there are a lot of things that we need to work on as a society. And, and I think with that first job, it was just, I'm going to choose this. So I'm going to go down this lane and learn all that I can and then try to share that with, with my family, with my friends, with my, my community. Uh-huh. If we can begin to do some of this work that wealthy people have done for years, like, can we yeah. just start it? And, and so I've, I've gotten a lot of pushback from you know, family and friends around not wanting to do it. And my question is, what's the alternatives? But yeah. um, well, I don't get that response. It, it, it's crickets. It's why, <laughs> why do we keep doing these same things? It, it's the definition of insanity. We keep repeating the same cycle. So when I talk about disrupting generational poverty, it's, well, you think and feel a certain way. So you think maybe the right thing, the wrong thing, or maybe you weren't exposed to the information or the education. So I do a lot of educating, but then we got those feelings and emotions and Lord knows it is hard for people to want to address those emotions that are connected to money. So I'm a financial yeah. practitioner, but I'm, some days I'm part psychologist. I'm, I'm part financial therapist. And I'm like, tell me where it hurts. Lay on the couch and just yeah. tell me where it went wrong and, you know, your family didn't talk about money. You know, a loved one passed away and didn't leave anything but a headache and bills. And then that becomes our norm. And so every generation is like, well, my parents didn't leave me anything. So why leave stuff for my kids? And then your kids have kids. And I'm like, well, my, my parents didn't do anything for me. So now the grandbabies. And you see this, this in just generation after generation. And I'm like, when is that going to stop? And so I, I, I am... I guess I'm encouraged because I know there's still a lot of people that have never heard me speak who, who may listen to this message and try. Try. Yeah. Works and see if you get the results that I will explain or that I'm constantly promoting because it, it has worked for a lot of people. And yet there's still a segment of people in this country or the world for that matter who just don't want to subscribe to doing a little bit of financial planning, either for yourself, for your kids, for the grandbabies in your case. I mean, you have some time left because you're still breathing. So whatever the excuses are, so be it. Let's figure out how we can move forward and make progress as mm-hmm. opposed to in the same spot or going backwards. Right, right. Yeah, I hear you. And there are a couple of things in there that I wonder. I always wonder, how is it that our people tend to copy certain things, you know, but then they, 
the important things we don't seem to want to copy, right? I, I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then there's the other part where we we don't know, and we may have an inkling it's possible, but we don't think it's possible for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where your education comes in. So uh, I appreciate the work you're doing because, yes, it, you know, there's one God and he doesn't love other people more than he love us. Um, he's the same man with the cattle and a thousand hills and, you know, that kind of thinking. Yeah. Uh, and so I think your education will help to, to open our eyes. Uh, uh, agree. I, you, know. I, I, you said you said a key thing. We do copy and imitate certain things about lifestyles, and I, I think if let's let's just let's just call it financial planning, financial. If just if we made it cool, I think a lot more people <laughs> would do. Like it's got to be so cool that people just accept that this is the thing we should do, and it's the popular thing. And mm-hmm. it's going to take us a while to get to that point. But we've seen it happen with certain celebrities and entertainers where they say something that I've been trying to preach for a decade. They say it one time in an interview, now everybody flocks. And I'm like, wow, it's a, that person who doesn't know you, but you feel some kind of connection because they're famous. And so you, mm-hmm. and so you feel like you know them. They have no connection. So you've met me. I'm a real human in your neighborhood. And <laughs> the time of the day. So I think that is... The unfortunate part that we've got a lot more work to do, myself and, and all the other practitioners out there. And granted, there's some people who are still just not doing right, who are in my industry, who are selling people the wrong products, you know, pushing their services on people who may not be ready, but they're very kind of, they're, they're big at pushing. And so I think we have to deal with that issue on one, on one accord. Um, and then you brought up another point around people just believing that it's possible. And I think that's that. That fuels a lot of the work that I do because if you can do it and just tell your immediate family, they'll actually say, oh my gosh, we can do it. And then oh, they will do the same thing. So it can start with one person making the decision for the whole family. We're going to try mm-hmm. something different because what we've been doing up to this point has not worked or it hasn't worked to, to a degree that we can all agree that it was the right path. Right. And I know families, they tiptoe around it versus let's just get into it. Let's get right into it. Let's hash it out. Some feelings going to get hurt. Some people will mm-hmm. stop talking for a while. But this is your family. You love them. It behooves you to keep trying because you know the ultimate is if I do this heavy lifting, this hard work, it does get a lot easier. Yes, that's true. Um, thank you. Uh, I was an insurance agent for 30 nice. years, so I, nice. I, I, I can appreciate some of the hardship you've come across. Um, yeah. All right. So one of the things you talked about is that this, this generational thing. Um, one of the things I used to run into with men, especially our men, was that they didn't want to leave money or buy insurance that was going to fund some other end person. No, you know what I'll say. Yep. But for the audience, they didn't want, they didn't see 
why they should provide a million dollar insurance policy, even if they could afford it, that some other person was going to maybe enjoy. So they avoided providing for their own children. Yeah. That it is sad that a lot of people still believe that. And here's the reality. If you leave your loved ones money, chances are they don't go get remarried right away because they have money and can grieve a long time. Mm-hmm. The reason people subscribe to this notion is because when you don't leave them anything, they almost have to go find somebody else and remarry so they can get you know, benefits. They can get maybe this new person will get the life insurance. This new person will do the estate planning. And, and so we, we've got to get past this. I really think it's just a myth that has been perpetuated in our communities mm-hmm. that I'm leaving money for somebody else to enjoy versus if I leave them money, they probably will actually enjoy their lives and won't be seeking companionship right away. They may steal at some point, but we, we got this thing where if I leave the million dollars and I die, so now the ex-spouse or the, the father of my children or mother of my children is going to go off and start dating and spend the money recklessly. I don't know made this the most believable myth out there, but we started believing it because the story's been told two generations ago, one generation ago. Now your generation believes it. Now you tell your kids. Now your grandkids know. And, and so that's how these things get perpetuated versus saying, always take care of my family with the life insurance policy minimum. You can do the real estate. You can do the businesses. You can do, you can work hard. But the life insurance is the easiest way to leave a legacy and the most affordable. So you it's going to take, I don't know, a decade or two or three to, to appreciate in value your real estate. It may take decades for the appreciation to, to actually, you know, uh, be connected to that property or the apartment building versus today you got a million dollars right now if something were to happen. Those other assets need term to build. And I don't want to deter people from building those assets. But in addition to doing all the other investments, the real estate, get the insurance so your legacy is for sure locked in. Whether those businesses are successful, whether those uh, those properties appreciate accordingly, but we we tend to want to not get the one thing or the they don't want to necessarily do the work that's required to do the bare minimum for your family. Who you of? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and, and that's where our kids miss out and our grandkids because mm-hmm. that generational wealth isn't created. So mm-hmm. I want you to explain to mom out there with those kids yeah. um, because she may get married again, the solo mom, mm-hmm. but if she has a baby daddy right now, so whether or not they're together, mm-hmm. explain the benefit of having a life insurance policy that your kids can benefit from. Yeah. The, 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 the key, I guess, the question always comes up where it's, what would you want to have happen if you got hit by a bus today? And I want people to really think about, I want your audience and your listeners to think about that question. If, if you don't wake up tomorrow, what happens? And it's not a fun conversation. People mm-hmm. don't want to go that deep. But we have to, especially when you have children. You may not love the, the baby's parents, and that's fine. Maybe you have just 
a working relationship on behalf of the children, but the children didn't ask to be here, but they're here. However they got here, they are here. So now we're doing the children a disservice because you and your feelings. So with this new spouse, let's say in your scenario, be willing to have this conversation and say, look, if I, you know, if I, if I lost a spouse and I, I plan on getting remarried, here's kind of a minimum level of things that I need to feel secure in this new relationship. You've probably got a list of other things. Taking care of the finances should be one of them. Definitely life insurance if, the, if they don't have any. But we aren't even having the conversation. We can't even get to the conversation. <laughs> we're, so, we're so afraid to talk about money because it is taboo. But we are, you know, going on vacations with these people and, and having some intimate time together. But you can't talk money. We can't talk about protection if something were to happen. And so I, I want people to think about what if we change this conversation and just had to talk? What if we just had to talk and watch what happened as a result? Yes, temporarily, some people may feel some kind of way about opening up, but what's it worth to you? Just look at your kids. Look at your grandkids. And every, every, and you're a grandparent, this works perfectly. Every grandparent I know wants to give the grandkids the world and then some. Mm-hmm. They don't even care about their own kids. And they, they, their own kids are like, they had time. You had your time. But I yeah. got some little baby, Sue. Even if I, maybe I didn't do everything perfectly with you, I'm going to try to, to correct it with the look. Every grandparent does it. Exactly. Now. And it's like, it, that's, that's how the circle of life happens. Mm-hmm. We got to think about long after you are gone, what will your family remember about you? Yes, they will remember the experience of the time you spent, but what else did you leave them? Hopefully it's some property. Uh, an investment account. It's a life insurance proceeds that's free money. So, so if that becomes the norm in your family, I don't think a lot of kids have student loans today. And I'm being dead serious. If grandma, grandpa, and auntie, uncle just left a life insurance proceeds, I don't think a lot of people have student loans today. But some parents feel like, well, can't afford it. Ask your village. Think about, so this is very timely for me because I think about all the gifts that we received from my daughter that we did not need. I think of all the money that was spent for stuff we did not want nor needed, but people felt compelled to get, they got a big heart. Oh, I think your daughter will look cute in this. Have you talked to her mom? Because she might not approve of that outfit. But we aren't willing enough or courageous enough to tell people what we need and I think this insurance conversation is, is one of those cheat codes that I was, you know, talking uh, <laughs> about when I reached out is every kid, if they got a life insurance policy early on in life, their health is, is almost irrelevant to the future success of this, this child's life from an insurance standpoint. So you can right. essentially, most kids are born healthy, young toddlers, healthy. If we got the insurance now, they could grow up and become morbidly obese. They could you know, be an alcoholic, a drug addiction. You don't know what could happen in life. But it's irrelevant because you got the insurance when they were young. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not all the insurance that they need. But my goodness, I've had, I got so many clients I work with now who, you know, early 30s need insurance, healthy. Oh, it's so expensive. It wouldn't have been expensive had you bought this 10 years ago. It wouldn't yeah. have been 
that grandma or granddad just paid the premium and got it on you when you were five years old. But again, we're not having this conversation enough with our family to even think it's a viable strategy. So there is that level of education that comes into the insurance conversation, which I want all of your, your mothers to think about or grandparents. It's okay to buy these products for the grand. You buy them shoes, you buy them clothes, you buy them junk food. I could keep going on and on. If, you, if you, your kids are not financially capable, support your children to say, look, I'll take care of the premium for a year or two while you get on your feet, while you go for that job promotion. But we don't have those types of conversations with our family. So you don't feel like your family's actually helping. But granny will always go babysit. Well, in addition to babysitting, would you consider? <laughs> would you consider helping out with some of these financial things that we may not be able to afford as the parents, but we know they're important. Definitely. Uh, it's funny because this the other day I was telling my son that because I was thinking about it. I don't like to be buying a bunch of toys that mm -hmm. you know, gets thrown in the attic or something. And yeah. I was thinking of, to myself, what could I do for my granddaughters that, you know, and I thought about a 529 plan. Mm -hmm. um, that's set up in a way that can benefit them. Now, can you tell us about this uh, 529 plan? Because that's something that may help us. Absolutely. So that is uh, part two of the cheat code. So we talked life okay. insurance. So I say five, the 529 is an important vehicle, or it could just be an investment account on behalf of the minor or the child, which is just called for, you, for your, your listeners, a custodial account. So the adult is investing on behalf of the minor. So the, so the two, and you can pick either one or you can do both. So let me say that first. The 529, you know for certain that you want this child to pursue post-secondary education, meaning beyond high school. So all the money you're putting into a 529 is going to grow tax-deferred. And as long as the monies are pulled out to go towards that post-secondary education, you will never receive a tax bill. It's a great vehicle. Incredible. Now, the, the pushback I've received is, well, what if my child doesn't want to go to college? I respect that. So one, you can change the beneficiary on the account. And a lot of people don't know this. So let's, let's say uh, you got two grandbabies. So let's say the older one says, Granny, I just, you know, Gma, I just don't want to go. Cool. Well, your, your younger sibling is going to get that money that we've been investing for you since you were little. How does that make you feel? I think they might reconsider college. I'm just saying Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but most kids will probably say, you got money for me? Because you literally just, it's an update to a beneficiary. And one, uh, this, uh, one of my clients, her, she did that with her son. So her son was, he was going into high school, he was playing basketball, and she kept saying, look, I know you want to play basketball, but in case it doesn't work out and you don't get the scholarship, mommy's been investing money since you were very little. And so he wasn't doing the greatest in school with his grades. And so she had a talk with him. She said, look, if you don't take school seriously, you will not get that scholarship to play basketball. And you're good. But if you don't want to go to college and you play around with your grades and don't get a scholarship, mommy's going to take that money and go on a trip. Straight up. And she was a single mother. You know, the father wasn't present. And she said, Mama's going to spend, and she was like, I got four more years to put money in. Stock market was doing great at the time. She was like, Mama's going to go on a nice vacation. Don't know where you're going to be, 
but I'm gonna use that money because she was like, you have to. Th this isn't a. This isn't. This is non-negotiable. You want to go to college. You want to play basketball. So I'll support you, but I need you to meet me somewhere. You know, halfway. If you make mm -hmm. grades, we'll make sure you get to school. It was. It was a great option. So if if, if the five twenty nine doesn't speak to you as as the parent as the mom then the investment account is an alternative. It doesn't have those same tax benefits, but you have that flexibility in terms of what the funds can be used for. And I'll just kind of keep that brief. They're both great vehicles. I just want parents and grandparents to pick one and start. Again, we want to see these babies do great things and, and starting off with an investment account of some sort, be it the 529 or the custodial plan is a, I would say, I would hope it would become mandatory at some point in your family, but make it mandatory. And you don't need a lot of money. So let me say that too. So as I discuss these different vehicles, we always think, well, how much is that going to cost me? That's always, mm -hmm. I can't afford, I'm barely getting by as it is. Great. All I ask you to do was start. And then for all of your mothers who will listen to this, you just need to start. Yes. That is the hardest part to most things in life is we just won't get started. So start the account and then we'll figure out how to creatively find the money from family members, from friends, your church community, your, your social clubs. You know, there are creative ways that I've coached parents on on how to fund it, even though you might not have the money. But we've got to be intentional about that. That's the key. So for all your moms, it's just be intentional about asking the village because they say it takes a village to raise a kid. Well, the village needs to know I need money for these accounts. I mean, that's... Boy, this is awesome. Thank you. So um, that's number two on your list. Uh, give us one more. Yep. So there's two more to the Chico's and really quick, the, okay. the, third, the third one, I really never need to coach any parents on this, but open up a bank account. A savings account, is whether it's at a bank or credit union, most parents do that. Most grandparents. So I don't have to really coach people on that one. It usually gets done prior to me having the conversation about the investment account for the life insurance. And then the very last uh, cheat code is add your child as an authorized user to a credit card to begin building their credit history. That's, that is the fourth one. So four things that if every parent and or grandparent or village helped out for all your moms, the bank account, the investment account, whether it's a 529 or a custodial account, it's the life insurance policy. And I should have said it has to be a permanent life insurance. You cannot do term insurance on term, a minor. Mm -hmm. I probably should have thrown that in there. But they're still affordable, very affordable. And then the last one to start building their credit history, add your child or you could add your grandchildren as an authorized user to one of your credit cards. Those four things is how we start to disrupt generational poverty. If everybody just subscribed to that and as soon as, you, as, soon as that baby pops out, bam, mm -hmm. I go do these four things, or at least a couple of months after the baby's here, those four things I think could change the, the landscape for your family, for your listeners' family, but you just got to believe. So 
if anybody's like, why am I so adamant about doing it? It's because I've actually done it for my daughter. I've done all four of those things when she turned two months old. I did them all on the same day. So what I'm going to do, and I'll share this with you, is every year on my daughter's birthday, I'm going to do an update and say, I got 17 years left. We started from like two months and just remind people that I'm taking advantage of time because we are all gifted 18 years. Some of us just tend to wait. And my wife and I were not going to be those parents who were going to wait. Thank you. And thank you for not only doing that for yourself personally, but also for sharing those cheat codes with us. I mean, it's overwhelming finance. I know I, I studied it and I also worked in it. And so I can understand how a, a solo mom, divorced mom, widowed mom is overwhelmed by all this information. I'm breaking it down like that into, you know, simple steps, uh, little things that we could do. And then we get that help from whoever is giving money on Christmas or birthday or whatever. Yes. Help out. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. It, it, that's the one thing I did want to stress is that it's okay to ask for help. I mean, mm-hmm. if you ask for help enough, generally will come. Maybe not right when you want to, but the, the consistency, if I'm a single mother, if I just keep asking or I keep reminding you, at some point, you're going to realize that why, why don't I just do what she's asking me to do? Mm-hmm. We're not asking, therefore you do not receive. Mm-hmm. Christmas is coming up. Just remind every year, just give my child money or my children money. I will buy the toys that I think they should get. Everything up, money. Because I've got four accounts. And if you don't want to send the money to me, I had a friend. She does the old school Christmas letters with like the family photo. And her daughter's 529 account was in the letter. And it was like, mail the check there if you don't want to send it to us. I was like, that is intentional. You're telling mm-hmm. college funds set up and you're telling people exactly where to send the money. I think that kind of in- intentionality is what I wish more people in general would do, but especially for your solo moms, audience, and listeners, just keep asking, keep reminding, and don't worry so much about how you're going to do it, but you do have to get started. It seems like a yeah. lot, but once you start... And then begin to slowly start asking. It'll become second nature. And then everybody in your family will know, look, man, Jasper says, stop sending his baby girl money. I mean, stuff. Send money. They will, the family will slowly realize that like, oh my God, I see why she's been asking all these years. Because when that child, especially if you started at ground zero when they first are born, that's 18 years of mm-hmm. saving, investing, and adding more money. Student loans wouldn't be an issue. Our children, we would be able to fund our children's businesses if they want to go the entrepreneurial route. I mean, we could go on for days with this conversation, but those cheat codes, I wish and I hope that more people will adopt. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And it's it, it saved people running around malls trying to figure out what to buy. She went to buy a little baby for, for a gift, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is Jasper grateful for today? Today, I'm grateful for my community. 
I'm grateful for the people who have continued to support me with my my endeavors over the years. And I, I couldn't do the work that I do without the support of, of my community or, or my village, right? Family, uh-huh. it's people who aren't family who have subscribed to this. Jasper's a good guy who has a positive message. Who's He's trying. And so getting that support is what I'm always grateful for. When it, it, it happened with a couple of emails yesterday, and I'm like, somebody's listening. <laughs> um, and I hope more of that support comes because it, it is not a, as you can attest to, it's not an easy road that I'm going down, but that's kind of what makes life worthwhile is I'm trying. And I think it's mm-hmm. exciting to wake up with that energy of, today I may make an impact in one person's life. And if I do, it was a good day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. And I'm going to say, as a mom with three sons, three adult mm-hmm. sons, I am so proud of you for doing this because there's been so much negativity around surrounding Black men and Black men as fathers that I'm absolutely proud to push this out there so people can right. see. Not all Black men. Right. So I appreciate you for coming and talking to us. Um, any parting shots, last final word? Yeah, I, I would say just believe that it's possible because it is. People are doing this work and maybe they're not a family member, somebody close to you, but just know there are people who are in the exact same boat as you or may have it worse off. But continue to believe that it will get better and continue to okay. seek out, I'll say credible people, to, to provide counsel and, and rely on this team of people. It won't just be one person. It won't just be the internet. It won't just be this app. You, you need a collective of people, a collective of people to help you get to that next level, whatever that level might be for you. Absolutely. Thank you. The multitude of counselors, right? <laughs> Thank you. Hey, thank you very much, um, Jasper. Mr. Buildwells. Thank you for coming and talking to us today. Oh, I forgot to ask you. How can we get in touch with you? Tell us all your links and your handles. Yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll send people to a couple of places. So one, the website is thebuildwealthmovement.com. That gives you a good list of a lot of things that I'm, I'm working on currently. A lot of good information for you to just read and, and enhance your, your financial knowledge. Um, if somebody says, hey, I'm really ready to get going, uh, there's an alternate site that I've just recently launched. It's mrbuildwealth.co. And that is really for the person that says, I'm ready to get started because I'm just tired of being tired of being tired. Let's get to work. It, you know, it's not going to happen unless you happen. So the buildwealthmovement.com, mrbuildwealth.co are the two uh, websites that I'll, I'll uh, share with your listeners and you know, feel free to reach out, touch base if you got questions and I'll, I'll do whatever I can to, to be of service to you, whether that's a, a small component of your overall future financially or a large part or somewhere in between. Just let me know how I can, how I can help. Okay. Thank you. And we'll put those links in the show notes so people can reach out to you. Thank All you right. very much for coming and talking to us today. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me again. Sure. All right.